Creating calm amidst everyday chaos and building resiliency to bounce back from the things life throws at us are skills we can learn and develop. You'll hear from veteran educational leader and CEO of the Excellence Team, Cami Guarino, how the lessons she's learned from decades of being in schools across the U.S. are helping people in all sectors improve their wellness and performance on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and what a thrill to have a conversation with education leadership consultant and founder of the Excellence Team, Cami Guarino. After a 30-year journey in education as a leader, which included leadership roles at schools of all different social situations, Cami created the Excellence Team to take what she has learned to create a climate and culture that yields student and staff growth, self-leadership, and energy that inspires the purest form of educational excellence. With a degree in counseling and school leadership and extensive experience in mindfulness and restorative practices, Cami's focus is on the whole child and the whole adult. After walking the halls for more than three decades in schools, Cami is devoted to sharing what she's learned to make educators and students better. In addition to consulting and collaborating with school leaders all across the country, Cami has published two journals, Creating Calm and the Resilience Journal, which focus on the importance of self-reflection and wellness practices. And she's created an online course to help people shift their mindset and ignite change. Most importantly, Cami and husband Matt have four awesome children, each of who is thriving in their own way and their youngest son, Zach, just graduated. Cammie, thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So it, I would makes just, me, it makes me feel really old when you say three days. Oh, days. tell me, <laughs> tell me, I feel on that. So, you know, I'd love for you to just kind of take a minute and talk about your journey from being an education leader to forming this great new company that's helping education leaders. Yeah. Yeah, so this this probably has a special place in your heart too with your daughter. Absolutely. Right? So mm-hmm. and in fact, your daughter was part of my journey. So uh. um, but yeah, 30 years in education and um and really now more than that, um, being on the outside of, of the schools. Yeah. And um it is a special place in my heart. And um, you know, from day one of being in a high school as a school counselor to 30 years later. Um, post COVID, you know, all the trends and the things that we saw uh, that I saw on day one continue throughout that 30 years. Wow. And, and I, I always share these stories of my first week of school. Um, and I think a lot of educators can relate, but, you know, you go to school for many, many years mm-hmm. um, to get that degree, to get that, that license. Um, but really it doesn't prepare you for what the day looks like right. until you start experiencing it. And, um, you know, my first day, of uh, being a school counselor day one was, um, having the principal call me in and, and, um, uh, a little, uh, one of my counselees, you know, um, brothers took their own life, you know, <sighs> and. Jeez. Yeah, and, and heavy, Welcome to the right? job. Wow. That's right. And and so you, you, your instinct starts to kick in. What what do I need to do? And mine was to listen and to just be with that that young lady for four years, knowing that she had a safe place to go to. And and you know, it just kind of went from there, right? Day two was a, a boy that ran into the 
boy's bathroom and, and refused to go out because he was having a hard day. And that principal stood by the door as I <laughs> crawled under the stall and and talked to that that young man. And, wow. Um, and just, you know, just with as many crises as we face in education, it is paired with um, tons of celebrations. Yeah. You know, but but so often um, we lose sight of those celebrations because um, educators have a lot of they wear many hats. Yeah. And and forget to celebrate. But but 30 years, I spent 10 years in New York as a school counselor, came out here to Colorado, raised our four kids and went back into the schools. And um, my last gig in the formal setting was as a, a administrator, you know, an assistant principal and um, and just uh, watched educators at their best and their highs and their lows and um, really started getting a sense that is this sustainable for educators and yeah. how much, how much, um, how much can be put on their plate before they just leave. Right. So um, that really started my work and it started yeah. my wheels turning about what I can do for educators when it comes to um, wellness and resilience and gosh, giving them back their why and their passion to why they even went into the, the field anyway. Love that. So, Their yeah. why is, is so important. And, you know, we know that teaching is such a difficult, underappreciated um, job and mm -hmm. so stressful. I mean, was there a kind of a tipping point for you when you realized, you know, I've got a lot of stuff here that I could share through and, and you created these two awesome journals that really kind of are a day to day thing to help educators keep that why in focus. Yeah, my my last couple of years as an administrator, I um I really I really wanted to um be alongside our teachers and and empower them to lead, empower them to make the decisions, empower them to make change. Um I you know, I was watching our rock star teachers burn out, right? Yeah. That were giving 110%. I was watching our new teachers just not have enough guidance and tools to um, get a get a handle on on what the day to day grind brings. And then I, I watched teachers who were on their way to retire um, kind of fizzle out, you know, yeah. and just kind of buy time. And and so the last couple of years when I was at the school I was at, um, I formed something called the Excellence Team, and. It started, we were so committee heavy um, in our school, like yeah. many schools are, right? You, mm -hmm. you want to have your your instruction and your PBIS and, you know, all these. And uh, we, we kind of started looking at that model saying, instead of making it an obligation to be on these committees, you know, you have to serve two committees. Right. Why don't we just have one um, team that drives the instruction, the wellness, the social emotional learning for our community. And so the, the first year when we said it was optional, we knew that there was a chance that it was just going to be me. Um, <laughs> but, but it was it was me and a handful of people. And and what happened was those teachers that kind of joined forces with me, we created a mission, a vision of what we wanted our school our community, our family to look like. 
And I, I think it gave them that extra juice, that extra energy, like, wow, yeah. I really have a say. And so from the day one that we did that, it started off probably five or six of us. And by the time I left, it was at least 40. Um, oh. And I, I was from a large school. So, right, still. Um, but whenever we had an idea, it became their idea and they were able to bring it back to their teams and, and talk about why we wanted to do this. And the minute it went from teacher to teacher, I felt like it, it shifted, it shifted and, and gave them that um, energy and kind of brought their passion back of this is what it was. And this is what I feel. I mean, they're on the front line. They are the right. ones that are in front of those kids and families all the time. So they have their finger on the pulse. So it was it was those experiences in my last couple of years that um, I started bringing forward and decided um, it was time to share that kind of idea, yeah. um, that kind of passion with more than just um, the school that I was in, but with um, districts. Yeah, I was, was going to say, because after being in so many different schools, I bet yeah. it was one of those aha moments where it's like, wow, school A could use this, school B that yeah. I was at could use this, yeah. school C I could, was at. Yeah, could yeah. And and so I, you know, the I started my journey by, by just, you know, speaking at conferences, mm -hmm. but this is where your daughter comes along. You know, I, I really, after many conferences that I had done, um, I saw the, uh, it was very hard to speak to an audience that was not um, in a state of mind or present to receive the information. Mm. So it 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 caught me. Um, there was a just there was a couple of sometimes hecklers in the crowd <laughs> that were that were pretty negative, um, or people that just shut down. Which really um, interesting. Thank goodness for them. Like some people would say, "Oh, that's awful," but but for them. It was a gift to me because I thought I can't even have this conversation until I put in place things for teachers that um, they could just at least be what present a great for lesson. a moment. Yeah. So that's when I um, started thinking about resiliency for educators. And, well, and that, um, that that's a great point for anybody running any business <laughs> is trying to deliver a message. If people aren't ready to receive it, it's not you're not going to get anywhere. No, and there was no need for me to get up there and lead if there was no one really to lead or to empower. Um, well, and so that's why. Yeah. And I would assume as this started to kind of gain traction, it's the old, you know, I can't be in 50 places at once. If you ever figure that out, let me know. <laughs> but so when people are when they are receptive to this message, now you have another vehicle to get them there without you having to physically be in front of them. So right. And and as educators, we love um, something that we could feel and hold and touch in front of mm -hmm. us. And so that was the um, creation of the Resilience Journal for Educators. And I did a pilot course um, for Resilience for Educators. And just at the last minute, I threw in this reflection piece because I, I I'm a big journaler and a reflector. Not everybody is. And I just wanted teachers to reflect on how their morning went or how they set up their morning for success. Mm -hmm. And then really reflect at the end of the day, how their afternoon went and be able to kind of shift their thinking and close up that book and then get home to their family and friends 
because tomorrow's always going to be there. And, and be present there then too, right? So then they're present Absolutely. with their families, not still Absolutely. mired in the, in the glue of the day. Yes. So that journal came out and, and my three big words for that journal were listen, relate and celebrate. How well do we listen to ourselves and others? Um, how well do we connect? And once again, now keep in mind, this was post COVID that we did the journal. Sure. Um, how well do we connect um, with ourselves and others and build relationships with kids and families and our colleagues mm-hmm. um, and our families? And, and do we take time to celebrate? And um, really kind of based on those three words of just kind of guiding people to see where they were at. And if you weren't somebody who likes to journal, and I also know time in the education world uh, world is a four letter word. So so I guided that. I I really set that journal up to be um, a guided journal, to have a routine or a habit that you build. And if you were in a journal, you start off with one prompt in the morning and one prompt in the afternoon. And it just kind of builds your capacity for getting through the day, but not only getting through the day, coming out of your day, feeling you made an impact. Well, I love some of the stuff I read that that you're doing. It's, it is shifting this mindset from surviving to thriving, which yeah. this is right in line with that. And, you know, my daughter's the teacher having seen how important it is to celebrate those wins. Cause otherwise you get stuck, you know, you got 30 kids that are, and you're doing great with 29 of them and you get stuck on the one kid that you're having issues with. And yes. it's like, but you're making such an impact on the other 29. You have to remember <laughs> that. Right. So that's right. Uh, this is a great way to do that. Right. Well, not only that, I mean, and it's also a great way for um, people to celebrate with others, with their teammates. And, um, you know, part of the whole process, and and I'll talk about creating come after, but part of this journal for educators was about um, some of the tips that I had said is do it with a team, have an accountability partner, be able to share your celebrations, be able to share when something just didn't go right. And could you help problem solve with me? Because we all know that um, when you're just doing it on your own, it's very lonely and isolating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 So So people probably don't bring you in to work with them in a school district someplace if things are going great. Uh, so when you go into a new situation, new school district or meet with new leaders from wherever, kind of what's your first step in assessing the situation and where you can really start having an impact? So so with with this, um, I, I do have an actual bench, uh, uh, a benchmark resilience survey that that I have um, all um, those who have that journal in their hand. I have them take that to see where they're at, to see. Um, and it's based on national statistics and and um, the the questions are very guided towards measuring resilience mm-hmm. and how what's your capability of bouncing back after something is thrown your way. Um, and really, my my biggest thing is when I come into a school, I probably um, spend 80 percent of the time in the beginning listening, visiting and observing and then make the shift as far as I, once I learn what the culture is, Damn. what the dynamics are and, um, or what the resistance is, mm. um, you know, it's, mm. it's hard. It, it, a lot of, and I think this is everybody. Um, we are so trained, especially as educators 
to take care of everybody else except for ourselves. And so when someone says, hey, it's time to stop and and take care of yourself, there is resistance and, and a little bit of a pushback. When I first brought the journal out and went to conferences and, and had them on the table, the first question, and you probably could ask your daughter this, the first question somebody would ask is, where's the journal for the kids? Because that was that <laughs> of was course, it, right? right. That's all it. That's things the mindset. For the kids. Right. And so um, there's very little out there for the adults that are in their kids' lives. So, so to your, to your point, you know, a lot of listening, observing, but also a lot of um, just us talking to each other about why this is needed mm-hmm. and why this is important and believing that it's not going to take away from the kids. In fact, it's going to add value to the kids mm-hmm. if we could just take a moment, center ourselves, prepare ourselves for a day and then wind down with a reflection. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, this this sounds awesome, teachers, but I can't think of any business that I've ever crossed paths with in my <laughs> few days in the work uh, environment where they couldn't benefit from something like this. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about Creating Calm, which is mm-hmm. the next journal. So, yeah. you know, resiliency is such a big thing. You got to bounce back, be ready for the next day. Mm-hmm. But the creating calm, I'm super interested in because there's so much uncalm or however you would call it chaos Yes, uh, that teachers, especially, but everybody's dealing with. So right. talk to me about creating calm a little bit. So after a few years of the resilience journal, um, we did have COVID hit and, and not only um, were teachers struggling, but um we were looking at our, our world that yeah. was in, in a, um, you're right. It was from calm to chaos. And, um, I, I kept on thinking just kind of like you, that that journal could help so many people, but what is it that I could create that could really, um, help other people in their businesses and in their families and in their life. And so um, it started off with me just posting um, uh, once during COVID, I posted once a day, some sort of um, um, way to create calm in our lives. And it was just like a little snippet of, of, you know, mindfully breathe or um, how do we let go or how to, you know, hydrating, you know, some of the things were so Mm -hmm. basic um, and others were a little bit more, it took a little bit more for you to go deeper. And as I was doing that, um, it was gaining traction. And the more I, I looked around, um, the more I felt like there was a need to go a little bit broader with my next journal. And so this is creating calm within our uh, within ourselves and others. And it's more of a it's it's a journal, but it's also more of a almost like a, a workbook because it has practices. It's 28 mm, practices awesome. um, that um, we all can do. And it just like the journal structured, there's no you don't have to go day by day. You could pick right. one practice and, and practice it for a month. I have schools now that have had the journals that now have creating calm and they're doing it with their staff. So, you know, one might be to. um to let go the practice of letting go and they'll spend a month on what they need to let go or what are you holding on to and it just um deepens conversations and 
and um, helps people get to a, a point where um, they don't feel that chaos. And a lot of people, um, not only do, are you going to do it for yourselves, but when you show up calm, guess what happens? Yeah, it's it's like the rock in the way in the lake, That's right? right. That's Ripples right. Across and so, what you find is um, whether it's your family, whether it's a classroom, whether it's a business, um, if you can um, create your own calm, and especially if you're in a position where you're in front of others, whether you're mm-hmm. you know in front of a team, and right. you can present uh, in a calm way and feel that calm. Um, the people around you are going to feel just a little bit better. Just a well, little I bit love better. It because, you know, mm-hmm. I know you've been in more than your fair share of hairy situations and a lot of this stuff almost feels counterintuitive. Oh my God, it's, ah, oh, the walls are cr- cr- crumbling in. Yeah. But if you have tools that help you be intentional about turning that back, I don't think a lot of people have that, like you're saying. So it's like, if I have something to lean on, it's like, oh yeah, just breathe. Right. I mean, let's just take a breath. I mean, this right. has to be a great tool, again, not just for teachers, which right. lead the most chaotic lives of any of us, right. but for mm-hmm. anybody can benefit from this, from just being, having some intentional tools you can use right. and when, the tools in the chaos. Have, yep. And the tools that I put in this uh, new book, um, it, it comes along with, you know, tips, benefits, how the practice is. It gives you time to reflect um, and it really is um, something that's personal to each person. Um, like I said, I'm laughing hydration, but how, how many of us really do hydrate? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I and, should, and what, huh? is, what is the right. importance, right? And and um, mindful breathing. Well, how do you mindfully breathe, or or how can you? I mean, you know, someone says again, I don't have time. Well, maybe just do it in your car at a red light. Right. You know, breathe. And um, I don't know. And and I think with the creating calm piece and maybe it's my age or, or maybe it's because all my kids are graduating, but I, I have thought a lot about legacy, you know, what is it, what do I want to leave and what's the messaging that I want to kind of put an imprint on other people's lives when I'm not here. And uh, I feel like these practices um, really help you quiet your mind um, and your body and, and, give you the time and the space to really think about how you show up and how you want to show up in the future. And, um, you know, I always say my calm is a lot different from somebody else's calm, somebody who's running around that could be their calm and you honor that there's no real definition for calm, but I do know that, um, when, when you're feeling whatever you're settled is, you just have that much more clarity. If I loved all that because it's obviously come from a lot of hard earned experience. You've seen what works. You come to the, I mean, that's, that is no small skill to say calm is different for everybody. And to recognize that that's, that's obviously hard earned experience. But if you were to meet somebody today that was just getting out of school and says, I'm thinking about being a teacher, what do you think? What would your answer be? Well, I would say I, I would I would actually be excited. I would be I would be excited. And 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 I I I hope that that spirit and that drive and that uh that passion to teach um is coming back. I think I my too. advice to um someone who is starting in the field is to 
um, look at everything that they have to offer a school, believe that they can do it, believe that even though there's tough days, there's so many better days than those tough moments. And to, again, take that time, five minutes to reflect on their day, pull out those golden nuggets, and that's going to get them going on to the next day. I, I hope, I would love that if people lined up and said, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I would say, let's go. Let's do this together. Let's do it. That's mm-hmm. great advice again for anybody in any field. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're out and you're you're all over the country speaking and working with all these different folks, um, what really uh, gives you hope and, and kind of lifts you up about the future and especially in education? When I'm with educators and we sit and we talk about um, what um, what impact they have had on others and they're able to say it and state it and feel proud and that people are listening to them and celebrating. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I mean, just, uh, you know, just recently, I love when, um, you know, sh- someone shows me a, a thank you note from a, a parent, you know, just a jotted down note or or a student saying thank you. And, and you know, we, we're all realistic, right? We may never know how many kids we've impacted. Exactly. That, that's one of the things about educators mm-hmm. that I don't think they ever understand, which is another reason why I love your work so much in the reflection mm-hmm. pieces. Yep. They have an impact more than they ever realize. More than, and it, and it just, it, it just spreads. And so they yeah. don't realize how big that impact is. Right. But if they, um, if they stay the course and, and get, uh, you know, back to their why they, they, that they're, that they're doing this, um, and seek out the people around them that are going to support them. Um, and, and not even so cheer them on, but just, just say, you know, keep going. That's what they need. They need yeah. to be surrounded by people who um, believe that um, they went into this field um, to do right by themselves and by others. Well, again, great advice for anybody working in a nonprofit or education or anything like that. And and I, mm-hmm. I just love every everything about it. Getting down to the end here and want to respect your time. So shift gears a little bit and go into what I call our fab four. The first one is what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today? Uh, that's good. All right. Um, right now I'm reading a book um, and it's by, um, oh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally blank out. I'm reading, it's How Are You Really? And it's Jenna um, Kutcher. I think I like it is. The, yeah. I like the title. And it just, it just it's kind of the same type of philosophy. It's, it's to pull out those strengths and those um, ahas and what makes you unique and just like be with it and be okay with it. That, you know, everything is not perfect, but in your world, if it's what you want, it is perfect. Love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So can you tell me who's been a role model for you in your professional life? I would say um, a role model for me um, has been um, the the two principals that I worked with. 
one when I was only 22 years old. Um, and he has since passed away. And then um, the one uh, when I was an assistant principal with with her and um, because they both shared very um, they both had similar philosophies and a similar belief. And it was all about um, what is best for kids. And and it was always centered around um humbling ourselves and knowing that what we do is best for kids and, mm -hmm. and to the extent of what we do is for kids. And um, I remember when I worked in the high school, um, my principal's um, uh, motto was I can is, is um, better than IQ, you know, with oh. that drive. It was like, because we, we, I, I worked at a highly impacted school. And so it was just like, you know, believing, like really believing in kids. And, and also my later experience here was the same thing. It was what was best for kids and just a heart of gold and doing what you can for community. I'm definitely writing that down. I can is better, <laughs> better than, than IQ. IQ. There's your, and it used to be, there's your million dollar t-shirt. I know. It I'd used to be on, on um, our report cards that we sent out. <laughs> oh, that's so, genius. Yeah. But again, yeah. I mean, take a step back from that and think those two folks had a profound impact on you. Huge. How many other people did they have a profound effect on more than they could ever even count? They were it's, incredible leaders. They out. were unbelievable leaders. That's fantastic. So yeah. here's my unfair one. If you can, can you think of an organization that you really admire the work they're doing or want to give a shout out to saying a is not the fair part. Cause I'm sure there's hundreds, but if, are there any that really stick out for you? There's, there's two organizations that I've been following um, that I just think it goes along the same lines as that. And and one is Transcend. It's an educational organization who um, bases most of their things on design thinking and goes in um, and kind of what you were asking me, what I do when I go into a school, mm -hmm. they, they see where the the um, maybe the pain point is or or what's what's happening in a school and they don't make the change, but they have a team of, of you know, within the school that um, designs um, uh, different, whether it's different programs or practices to um, really um, make it a, a, a better place, whether it's instruction, social, emotional learning, whatever it may be. So I, I really like um, Transcends. Transcend. And um, the other one is a local one, a nonprofit. It's the Donald K Foundation. Mm. And Donald K Foundation is also an education um, foundation. And they um, they work a lot with the uh, Denver schools, but um, I just like their philosophy as well. They they just go out and um, are constantly um, looking at the inequities, uh, constantly looking at um, instruction. I know they focus a lot on um, rural areas and just um, I think they've done a lot of good for for Colorado schools. Awesome. Yeah. Last mm -hmm. one. Yep. Anybody wants to find you, uh, reach out to work with you, learn more about your books. What's the, what's the best way to find you? Um, they could go on my website and it's www.theexcellenceteam.net.net. Um, and they could find, and my books are also on Amazon. 
So. Well, um, I will put all that in the show notes. Uh, okay. I can't think of any organization inside or outside of education that could not benefit from when you talk about resiliency, creating calm culture, all of that. Um, I can't think of anybody that wouldn't benefit from from Cami's work. Cami, thanks so much for joining with me today. Full transparency. The Greenos are some of my favorite humans <laughs> that I've known for a long time. So I finally wrestled Cami into coming on the show. But, uh, so are the Clarks. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for being with me today and keep up the great work. All right. Thanks a lot, Jay. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Cami for her calming and caring influence in the world. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. Being a nonprofit leader is hard and I can help you thrive. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about Cami and her work with the Excellence Team, visit theexcellenceteam.net. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Thank you.